Hello, Pokeminders! And welcome to our weekly Pokepod, where we discuss everything related to mental well being as well as our journey as a startup. I'm your host, Yusuf. And I'm your host, Sarah. And today, we're gonna poke some minds. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year! Welcome to the Pokepod. Thank you so much for tuning in. A while back, I talked about boundaries at work with a focus on cognitive distortions. And today I would like to get a bit more intimate and talk about boundaries in your private life. For some, it might be even harder to accept and set boundaries in your private life. I'm pretty sure that the word parents will give everyone a few memories that will fit with today's topic. And some of you might even recognize a pattern where you leave friendships or relationships due to things that they do or don't do that upset you. In the episode Behind Your Work Stress, I talked a lot about cognitive distortions, short-term gratification and long-term gratification. And in this episode, I would like to focus more on emotions, our own interpretation in situations, acceptance and communication. But to give you a very short recap of cognitive distortions, we have black and white thinking, overgeneralization, mental filtering, disqualifying, jumping to conclusions, emotional reasoning, labeling and personalization, personalization and blame shifting, confirmation bias and unrealistic expectations. When it comes to short-term versus long-term gratification, a goal could be to improve your relationships in the long run and not being forced to stop interacting with people that you used to like and improve your own self-consciousness. Today, I will talk about some DBT skills that might be helpful for you. DBT stands for Dialectical Behavioral Therapy and is successfully used to treat people that meet the criteria for borderline personality disorder. I will not go into too much detail, but wanted to inform quickly that DBT touches on a vast amount of aspects and I am for this episode choosing some of many skills that have helped uh, many of my primary healthcare patients in the past. Uh, in short, DBT consists of four modules, mindfulness, which is the capacity to pay attention non-judgmentally to the present moment. It's about living in the moment, experiencing one's emotions and senses fully, yet with perspective. We have distress tolerance. Uh, distress tolerance means learning to bear emotional discomfort skillfully without resorting to maladaptive reactions like self-harm. We have emotion regulation, which focuses on learning how to understand and name emotions, changing unwanted emotions, reducing vulnerability and managing extreme conditions. And last but not least, we have interpersonal effectiveness, which focuses on the dialectic involved in healthy relationships. It involves balancing the needs of others with the needs of the self while maintaining one's self-respect. Dialectic refers to the tension or conflict between opposing forces or needs within a relationship. 
Dialectical tensions often involve conflicting needs, desires or expectations and are grouped into three main categories. Autonomy versus connection, which means the balance between the desire for independence and personal space and the need for intimacy. Openness versus closeness, the desire to be open, honest and transparent in a relationship and the inclination to keep certain thoughts, feelings or information private or hidden. Predictability versus novelty. The contrast between the need for stability, routine and predictability in a relationship and the desire for excitement, novelty and change. In my opinion, DPT skills work very well for changing dysfunctional behavioral patterns in general, which is why I like to include these skills if they will benefit the patient. But within primary healthcare, DBT in full is a little bit overkill. As an example, to get my point across, uh, if somebody tells me that they struggle within their relationship and the fights that they have with their significant other never really lead to any productive outcome, and there is a pattern that this person can seem to escape. But besides that, this person doesn't struggle with things such as depression, anxiety, impulsivity or the self-harm. So this person doesn't need the same treatment as someone that meets the criteria for a borderline personality disorder. If you would like to learn more about DBT, I highly recommend the podcast DBT and Me. And before we start, disclaimer ahead. As always, every situation is different and unique. The skills that I talk about today might not be what fits you best in your current situation, or you might need more information or help than what I give you in this episode to actually apply these skills. I'm using them as guides in this episode to hopefully explain in a tangible way how we can navigate close relationships that tend to overwhelm us. Let it be family, partner or friends. And it's also not about changing the people you're interacting with, but for you to better cope with stressful or simply annoying or frustrating situations. All right, that being said, let's dive in. The mindfulness skill I would like to talk about today is called wise mind. At its core, wise mind is about finding balance. It's the ability to make decisions, cope with challenges and navigate life's ups and downs by merging both our logical analytical mind, also called reasonable mind, and our emotional intuitive mind, called emotion mind. It's in this balanced state that we can tap into our inner wisdom, allowing us to respond to situations with clarity, compassion and insight. So in this mindfulness skill, we talk about three states of mind, reasonable mind, emotion mind and wise mind. Reasonable mind is rational, task-focused, cool and fact-based. Emotions aren't important. Emotion mind is mood-dependent, intuitive and emotion-focused. Facts and logic are not that important. Wise mind is seeing the value in both reason and emotion, being able to walk the middle path. In this very short description, it might seem like reasonable mind is better than emotion mind, but both states regulate actions and make decisions based on reason, values and experiences. Wise mind profoundly impacts interpersonal relationships. 
It allows individuals to approach conflicts with empathy and understanding rather than reacting emotionally or defensively. One example might involve a couple who improve their relationship by using wise man techniques. Instead of escalating arguments, they learned to take a step back, tap into their wise mind and communicate openly and compassionately. Wisemind also has a far-reaching effect on overall well-being. It helps individuals manage stress, anxiety and emotional turbulence more effectively. This shift in emotional well-being has a positive ripple effect on the physical health, work performance and relationships. So Wisemind isn't just an abstract concept, but a practical skill that can be applied in everyday life leading to more informed decisions, healthier relationships, and enhanced overall well-being. Through mindfulness and wise mind techniques, individuals can unlock their potential for personal growth and emotional balance. Next up is emotion regulation. And within that module, I would like to talk about the skill of identifying and labeling emotions. Within DBT, emotion regulation is a fundamental skill that empowers individuals to navigate their emotions effectively. One of the initial steps in this process is to identify and label emotions. This might sound very simple, but it's not always that easy. Being able to identify and label emotions holds profound significance in enhancing emotional well-being and decision-making. Especially for those of you that think that reasonable mind is better than emotion mind, it's important to notice that emotions serve as the core drivers of our thoughts, actions and decisions. They provide the spark that motivates us and to prepare us for appropriate responses in various situations. While we often hear about the importance of rational and logical thinking, aka reasonable mind, it's equally essential to acknowledge the significance of our emotional experiences. Emotions are not merely fleeting reactions. They are powerful motivators that guide our choices. For instance, the enthusiasm stemming from a deep passion can propel us to pursue a challenging career path, even when faced with obstacles. Without this emotional drive, making such life-altering decisions become exceptionally challenging. And those who have grappled with depression are well acquainted with the impact of suppressed adult emotions. Depression often leaves individuals feeling emotionally numb or detached, making even the simplest decisions seem like an impossible task to master. It's during these times that the importance of emotions in decision-making becomes strikingly evident. We also need to consider the significance of emotions when confronted with obstacles, no amount of factual information or logical reasoning can provide the necessary motivation to overcome challenges if the emotional component is absent. Think of the smoker that I talked about in a previous episode. It's the passion, determination and emotional investment that drive us to conquer adversity and achieve our goals. And even emotions we don't like to feel, such as guilt, sadness or anxiety, are important to embrace and accept so that we can recognize the situation for what it is and overcome obstacles. 
In essence, the practice of emotion regulation within DBT recognizes the intrinsic value of emotions. It encourages individuals to identify, understand, and harness their emotions as valuable allies in making informed decisions and leading fulfilling lives. By embracing the synergy between reasonable mind and emotion mind, individuals can navigate life's complexities with greater clarity and purpose. And this brings me to the next emotion regulation skill that I would like to include in today's episode. And that one is called check the facts. Imagine you're in a situation where your emotions are running high. It could be a disagreement with a loved one, a challenging work situation, or even a personal crisis. Check the fact is the DBT skill that invites us to pause and examine the situation from a balanced objective perspective. So this is how it works. First, you start by observing your emotion. Recognize and acknowledge the emotion you're experiencing. It could be anger, fear, sadness, guilt, or any other strong feeling. Pause and take a breath. Take a moment to pause and take a few deep breaths. This step is crucial for creating a mental space between your emotions and your actions. Describe the situation that is causing these emotions. Next, start examining the facts of the situation. What are the objective, observable details? Separate them from interpretations, assumptions or judgments. Challenge your assumptions by asking questions like Is there evidence to support my emotion? Or are there any other ways to interpret this situation? Consider the alternatives. Explore alternative explanations for the situation. Could there be other factors at play that you haven't considered? Cognitive distortions, where checked effects is a very helpful tool, are emotional reasoning, labeling and personalization, personalization and blame shifting, and confirmation bias. As an example, maybe think of a friend that might have been a bit distant at some point, and you were fearing that you might have done something wrong, but couldn't really figure out what. Use check the facts to challenge your assumptions and explore alternative explanations. And as a last step, ask yourself, does my emotion and its intensity fit the facts? I know this one can sound a little bit dismissive at times, so I'll give you an example here. Let's say I'm afraid of spiders and see one that's not in any way dangerous. Does my intense fear that results in me running away screaming fit the fact? Or is the emotion maybe a bit too intense in that situation? It's okay to feel fear. There's not that much you can do about it. But if you want to, you can learn how to regulate your emotion and its intensity. On the other hand, if a wild animal starts chasing you, The emotion of fear with an intensity that results in you running away does fit the fact. In summary, Check the Facts is a powerful tool for emotional regulation and decision making. It helps us avoid impulse reactions driven solely by our emotions. By examining the objective reality of a situation, we can make choices that align with our long-term goals and values. Within the module Interpersonal Effectiveness, I'd like to talk about the skill called Dear Man. The skill requires a lot of practice and can be hard to learn. It requires you 
to be able to communicate mindfully, being able to label your own emotions and to have an idea of what you want to achieve in a specific situation. Imagine you're facing a situation where you need to express yourself clearly or ask for something important. Dear man can be your go-to strategy. The D stands for describe. Start by describing the situation factually. What is happening without judgment or assumptions? The E stands for express. Express your feelings and thoughts about the situation. Use I statements to honestly share how you are affected and what you need. A really hard thing often is to express vulnerabilities like feeling sad or anxious and we instead opt for anger. The A stands for assert. Be clear and assertive about what you want or need. This step ensures that your message is direct and easily understood. The R stands for reinforce. Reinforce the benefits or positive outcomes of your request being met. Explain how it's in everyone's best interest. Unfortunately, we tend to point out the things that aren't working and neglect the positives that are working in relationships. The M stands for mindful. Stay mindful and focused on your goal. Keep your emotions in check and don't get sidetracked by unrelated issues. So don't start bringing up things that happened three years ago in conflicts and mindfully guide the other person back to the current conflict if they start bringing up things that maybe happened back in the 90s. For those of you who might have watched How I Met Your Mother, there actually is an episode where Lily and Marshall are fighting about something and the narration says that once they start fighting, it's like they have 20 fights at the same time. That is exactly what to be mindful about and to look out for, and to get back on the current topic if you get sidetracked. It's also important to note that it's okay to get sidetracked, just to be mindful about that you are getting sidetracked and come back to the topic that you're currently discussing. The A stands for appear confident. Maintain good eye contact, use a steady tone of voice and appear confident in your communication. Confidence helps convey your message effectively. And the N stands for negotiate. Be open to negotiation and compromise if necessary. Find the middle ground to meet both parties' needs when possible. The last module, distress tolerance, I would like to talk about the skill radical acceptance. This is another one that can be really hard to master. Radical acceptance is about fully and unconditionally accepting reality, even when it's painful or uncomfortable. It's not about liking or approving difficult situations, but rather acknowledging the existence without judgment. Radical acceptance is a skill that encourages us to stop fighting against the things we cannot change. Instead, it invites us to embrace the present moment, no matter how challenging it may be. When we resist or deny reality, we often experience increased emotional suffering. This can manifest as anxiety, depression, anger or even physical symptoms. Radical acceptance helps us to reduce the suffering by letting go of the struggle and allowing ourselves to adapt to what's happening. If you often find yourselves in should statements or unrealistic expectations, then radical acceptance is an important skill for you. 
One way is to start by noticing when you're in a situation you can't change or control. Then acknowledge your resistance and the emotions it's triggering. Make a conscious choice to accept the situation, even if it's difficult. Remember, it's not about giving up or giving in. It's about finding a new way to respond. Imagine you're stuck in traffic and running late for an important meeting. Instead of getting frustrated or anxious, you can practice radical acceptance by acknowledging the situation, taking deep breaths and finding ways to make the most of your time like listening to a podcast or calming music. Within relationships, radical acceptance could mean accepting a personal trait of a very close relative that you would like to change, but you need to accept that that person is not going to. Once you've accepted that, you will be able to find different ways how to deal with the situation, rather than getting frustrated that you can't change it. Radical acceptance also includes being kind and compassionate to yourself. It's about recognizing that you're doing the best you can in any given moment and forgiving yourself for not being perfect. Self-compassion is a crucial component of this skill. An example within setting boundaries with friends and family could be that the other person will be disappointed, which might be a consequence you have been trying to avoid very hard but for the cost of maybe being frustrated yourself and getting tired of being around this person. Something to radically accept could be that you will disappoint someone and that you will have to deal with the feeling of guilt. But that's okay, because you do want healthy and lasting relationships in the long run and need to be able to set boundaries to achieve that. Start by becoming aware of moments where you resist reality then make a conscious effort to let go of that resistance and accept the situation as it is. And remember, it's a skill that takes practice, so be patient with yourself. For today, I'd like to leave it at that. In my next episode, I would like to talk more about mindfulness in depth, as it is a very crucial part to successfully master difficult situations and why a solid ground base helps you develop better and healthier coping strategies in different areas of your lives. If you have any questions, feel free to write at team at pokermind.com. I hope I poked some minds today. See ya! <laughs>